Good morning. Welcome to New Life. We are glad that you are here joining us this morning, and we just invite you to stand as we get ready to worship. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, treasures that fade.
good. And we're just here to honor him and worship him and celebrate him. And that song really talks about the power of God and the different things that he has done. And those little phrases are straight from the word of God. And this next song is called Another in the Fire. And I wanted to give a little bit of background on this song. Another in the Fire comes straight from the book of Daniel, chapter three in the Bible, where it talks about three Hebrew men who were called amongst many other men to worship this new golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had built. And it was massive. It says 60 cubics, which would have been like double that in feet high. And they were told, everyone was told, you will bow down and you will worship this idol or you will be cast into the fiery furnace. And they chose not to bow down. And so they were called before the King Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, once again, you will bow down and you will worship this image. And they said, it doesn't matter if our God takes us away from the situation or if we perish, we will not bow down to that image. We will not speak out against our God. And so they were bound and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And instead of seeing three men perish, King Nebuchadnezzar tells one of his, or asks his advisor, didn't we just throw three men into that furnace? For I see four men and one of them looks like the son of God's. And they were unbound and they were untouched. And so that phrase, another in the fire, the songwriter, Chris Davenport speaks about, he wrote that song to talk about our circumstances and that the one constant that we have in the midst of our circumstances is that we are not alone, that our God is always with us. And so as we sing this song, it's just a reminder that you have never been alone, you are not alone today, and you will never be alone. So sing this out with us.
Sing these words out with me. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. I know I will never be
no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Sing it out! There's no shadow.
you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, Lord, what a beautiful prayer just to sing out, Lord. That way we have that childlike wonder just to know who you are and just to seek you more a little bit every day. Lord, that you will fill our hearts with your love and your eyes to see those that might need extra love, those that might need to feel you more and to know you more. Lord, may we just be open to seeing that, to reaching the lost, to reaching those that are hurt. Lord, every day, Lord, help us just to see a little bit more of what you see and help us to draw close to you. We give you the glory and the honor this morning. In your precious, most holy name, amen. Well, welcome to another online service. We are so excited and happy that you are joining us today. My name is Pastor Brian. I am the student ministries pastor here at the Turlock campus. And today I get to preach God's word. And I am excited about that. Before we jump into the message, there's just a couple of things that I want to remind you of. Um, if you go to our website, you're going to find a ton of resources there. There are uh, questions for you and your family to kind of ask and follow along. There's sermon notes. There's a daily Bible reading plan there. Just a ton of things for you to check out and we encourage you to go and do that. Uh, if you need prayer, we would be honored to be able to pray with you. Just text the word prayers to 30500. Now, it's important that you add that S on the end of the word prayers, P-R-A-Y-E-R-S, and text that to 30500. You'll be prompted to kind of follow a few instructions. You can put your prayer request there. It gets sent to us. And then we come alongside, and like I said, we'd be honored to be able to pray with you. If you go to our website, there is an icon there for you to be able to give. Now, Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeremy tell you this every single week, but I just want to reemphasize it. We are so grateful for your faithfulness and your generosity in giving, not only to new life, but to the Lord and to his kingdom. Uh, you can give online. You can mail in your gift, and you'll see that address here on the screen. Uh, but we just want to say thank you so much for giving and living faithfully. The last thing that I want to tell you about is this. Last weekend, Pastor Dave shared with you his vision about Connect 3. Now, this is a simple way uh, that you can connect with God and connect with others. Now, what we're going to be doing is this. We're going to be reading the book of Philippians just three verses at a time. This is how it's going to work. You're going to read the three verses. You're going to reflect on it and kind of process it. Then you're going to grab your phone. You're going to text the other two or three people in your group. And you're going to, just going to kind of share what those verses mean to you and, and how they kind of affected your life for that in particular day. Um, you're going to read. You're going to text. You're going to grow. It's just that simple. Now, if you're interested, this is what I need you to do. I need you to text CONNECT3, no spaces, to 30500. You will get a text every Monday with a link to a one-minute video about the readings for the week and then daily readings Monday through Friday. Uh, our hope, our prayer is that you will join Connect3 and that God will use this to help us grow closer to him and help us to grow closer with others. We are wanting to start this on Monday, March 1st. So be sure to get involved uh, between now and then if you're interested in being a part of Connect3. All right, let's jump into the message. If you have your copy of God's Word, open it with me to John chapter 11, verse 39. John 11, and we're going to start with verse 39. And it says this, Roll the stone aside, Jesus said to them, but Martha... The dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead four days. The smell will be terrible. Uh, I think that if I had to guess, Brianna was probably about uh, five, six. She might have been seven. My family had rented a cabin on the shore of Lake Tahoe, and that cabin actually came with its own boat ramp and a boat that we could enjoy for the weekend. Now, I was super excited because it was going to be my first opportunity to kind of pass along this love that I have for boating with my daughter. 
Uh, as a kid growing up, my dad had us on the water as often as possible. And uh, whether it's Lake Don Pedro or Lake Turlock, Turlock Lake or out fishing in the bay, whatever it was, I just loved being on the water, being on a boat. It was just my happy place. And this was going to be my first real opportunity to kind of pass this along to Brianna. The problem was this. She wasn't having it. In fact, she was terrified of it. Uh, she wanted nothing to do with it. At first, I tried to reason with her. At first, I tried to, you know, get her to kind of bridge this gap and, and kind of get her to under, but she was just too young. And so uh, then I tried to coach her and say, you know, this is going to be fun and, you know, we can do this together and all those things. That wasn't working. And then I tried to dad her and kind of say, you know, I'm here to protect you and I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And you believe those things, right? And she was saying all the right things, but the problem was, Deep down inside of her heart of hearts, she just couldn't move past her fear. And I couldn't get her into the boat. Last November, I had an opportunity to kind of share with you. I had an opportunity to, pre to preach to big church. And, um, and when I did that, I kind of talked to you about the, uh, the bronze snake. And I, I don't know if you remember or not, but it was a fun little message about how God taught us lessons through this story of the bronze snake, which is found in Numbers. Uh, in that message, the message I want to share to you today kind of was birthed out of that. So there was some similarities between what I preached in November and what I'm going to be preaching with you today, kind of like a part two, so to speak. So this is what I want to ask you. Every once in a while, there's this internal battle that takes place inside of each and every one of us. It's a battle that we're all familiar with. It's a battle where our head and our heart are literally fighting each other. Our head tells us one thing, but our heart says something completely different. Our head knows the right answer, but our heart is pretty confident that it's only going to lead to dismay. Our heart just doesn't buy into it, right? And, and there's this time where uh, we have to ask ourselves this question of, is what we believe here really lining up with what we believe here? So that's what I want to challenge you with this morning. I want to ask you that tough question. And I believe it's a question that all of us need to ask ourselves at certain times in our journey and our walk with God. And the question is this, is your heart believing your head? In John chapter 11, if you have that, turn with me, John chapter 11, uh, we see Jesus uh, about to lose, in fact, he did lose a very, a very dear friend. Jesus and Lazarus were friends. Uh, in fact, Jesus and Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, were all friends. They were very dear to one another. They were very close. And Lazarus is sick. And Mary and Martha know that Jesus is the only one that can make a difference. He's the only one that can heal. So they sent a messenger to go find Jesus. And they said, when you find Jesus, tell him that his friend is dying and he needs to come right away. The messenger did find Jesus. And he did, Jesus did come. The problem was is that he got there a little late. And when he got there, we're going to pick up the story in verse 21. But when he got there, this is what Martha, Lazarus' sister, said to Jesus. Chapter 11, verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. I want to stop right there for a second. Did you catch the two very powerful, profound statements of faith that Martha just made? She said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. What is she saying? Well, she's saying, Lord, if you were here, you could have made a difference. Lord, if you were here, you could have healed him. If you were here, uh, he would not have passed away. Lord, you are the difference maker. She's saying to not only Jesus, but everybody else who's standing around, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you are who you say you are. And I believe that my brother would not be in the condition he's in right now if you were here. You are the difference maker. And that's a bold statement of faith. But then Martha doubles down with the next statement. And the next statement is even more powerful. And she goes, but even now, Lord, even though he's dead, even though you weren't here in time, even though you weren't able to make a difference, even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. That's powerful. 
Martha's saying all the right things. Lord, if you were here, you could have made a difference. But even though he's dead, I know that you're the son of God. And I know that you have the father's ear. And that whatever you ask, he will give you. Martha is saying all of the right things. The question is this. Does she believe it here? Or is it something she's just saying up here? Um, do you know what a platitude is? And again, I, I talked about this last March, so if it sounds familiar, give me grace. But I think it's really important to this sermon as well. A platitude is when we say something over and over again, usually a statement of truth or a statement uh, that has some kind of morality to it. And it, it's something that we say, um, and, and there's wisdom there, there's learning there, but the problem is we've said it so many times that it doesn't matter anymore. It's like, it's like we don't believe what we're saying. Things like um, good things come to those who wait. Okay, there's, there's truth to that, right? There's wisdom there. But when the circumstances get serious or when push comes to shove, do we really believe that good things come to those who wait? How about, how about this? The early bird gets the worm, right? How about, how about that? Um, again, something that comes in one ear and right out the other ear. It, it's, it's, there's truth to it. There's wisdom in it. There's, there's teaching in it. But it's not something that we really cling to. As Christians, we have our own set of spiritual platitudes. Things like uh, God is in control. Things like uh, God has a plan. Things like uh, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Those kind of things. All things that we could back up with scripture. All things that are 100% true. The problem, the question is this. Sometimes we say it over and over and over again and we don't necessarily believe it here. We believe it here. We know that scripture tells us it's true. But it hasn't made its way here. It's one of those spiritual platitudes. We're going to see if Martha really believes what she says she believes. She's basically made the bold statement. God, if you were here, you could have made a difference. But even now, I believe that God will give you whatever you ask. She is on a roll. And Jesus responds in verse 23. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And this is Martha's uh, very first opportunity to kind of just take this bold leap of faith. She just said, Lord, I believe you are who you say you are. Lord, I believe that, that, that God will give you anything you ask. And Martha, and Jesus says, Martha, your brother's going to rise again. And this is her opportunity to go, yes, Lord, I know he's going to rise again. He's going to do it right now because you're going to raise him from the dead. But Martha doesn't do that. She actually kind of takes a step back. She retreats a little bit. When Jesus responds to her, responds to that bold statement of faith, Lord, you can make a difference, and Lord, you have God's ear, Jesus says, okay, let your brother, your brother's gonna, and she takes a step back, and she says this. She goes, Lord, verse 24, yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises on the last day. Martha retreats a little bit. She, uh, she takes a step back. Verse 25, Jesus told her, listen, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he looks at Martha and he says, Martha, do you believe these things? She responds in verse 27, yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into this world from God. Jesus is drawing a parallel she, he is helping Martha to kind of back up these bold statements of faith, right? He's helping her make a connection from here to here. Martha, you believe I'm the son of God, right? Yes, Lord. Martha, you believe I can do anything, right? Yes, Lord. Martha, you believe that the Father will give me whatever I ask, right? Yes, Lord. Martha, you believe that anyone who believes in me and follows me will never die, right? Yes, Lord. He's helping her draw the parallel. And then... In a bold move, Jesus looks up and he calls out and he says in verse, uh, in verse 39, Jesus looks up and he says, roll the stone aside. He had just helped her check all the boxes. Martha, you believe this, right? Yes. Martha, you believe this, right? Yes. Martha, you believe this, right? Yes. And she's raring to go. And, and Jesus calls out and he says, roll the stone aside. He's about to call Lazarus out. And Martha interrupts him. Martha stops him. 
And she says these words, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell's gonna be terrible. Jesus is about to do what Martha is asking him to do. But when push came to shove, she had a heart problem. What she believed here hadn't made its way here. She checked all the boxes, but she still couldn't get in the boat, so to speak. That day on the shore of Don Pedro, or or Lake Tahoe actually, I helped my five, six, seven-year-old check all the boxes. Brianna, you know that dad would never do anything to hurt you, right? Yes, Lord. Or she said, yes, dad. Brianna, you know that dad's never lied to you, right? Yes, daddy. Lord, Brianna, you know that daddy would never do anything to hurt you, right? Yes, daddy. But when I took her by the hand and said, okay, let's get in the boat. Let's go for a ride. There was no evidence. She had no proof that what she believed up here to be true, that daddy always had you know, her best interest in heart and dad would always take care of her. She, she didn't have any proof, any evidence, any conviction that what she believed here, it didn't make its way here. She had that there was a gap, and she just could not move past the gap. In the time that I have remaining, I want to help you to have tools to, to make the transition from your head to your heart, to be able to bridge that gap. So if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down for number one. We must taste and see. We must taste and see. That day on the lake, Brianna actually did get into the boat. It took some convincing, convincing, it took some time, but she actually did make her way into the boat that day. And when she got into the boat, I had a responsibility as dad. I had to show her she was tasting and seeing for herself. Is dad telling me the truth? Is it really as fun as as he says it's going to be? Is it as safe as he says it's going to be? And when Brianna got in the boat that day, the worst thing I could have done was was buckle her up in her little vest and go, okay, are you ready? And just floor it. That would have crushed her. So what we did for like the first hour was we just putted around. I mean, we were barely even making waves, but we just putted from here to there and just got her comfortable moving around the boat, got her comfortable to see for herself that all those things that dad said were actually true. Scripture tells you, it challenges you and I for us to taste and see. Listen to what it says in Psalms 34 verse 8. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That seems weird, right? To taste that the Lord is good. What is it saying? It's basically saying, see for yourself. Test. Put yourself out there. Get into the boat. Get out of the boat. Cross the line. Make a left turn, make a right turn, stand up, sit down, whatever your circumstances is calling for, the taste and see that the Lord is good is that challenge to us to see for yourself, to find the evidence, to find the proof, to find the conviction that God is who he says he is. The first part of this verse is an invitation for us to draw close to God, to experience his love and his goodness that is surrounding him. He offers protection and direction and peace and forgiveness and wisdom and so much more. He is good. And the first part of this verse, taste and see for yourself, is an invitation to experience that goodness for yourself. The second part of it is, the, is where the blessing comes in. It says, it says that we are taking refuge. It says, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now, taking refuge is when we place everything we have, our hope, our trust, everything in his hands. And, and scripture tells us that when we do that, we're going to receive that blessing. When we depend on God and willingly look to our Father to meet our needs, to provide direction and protection, he calls us blessed. And there's a huge difference when we taste and see, when we're involved versus when we're standing on the sidelines being a spectator, when we're standing on the boat dock looking at the boat. God calls us to taste and see and get into the boat to to see for yourself that he is who he says he is. 
This is going to help us bridge the gap from our heads to our hearts when we taste and see that the Lord is good. Write this down for number two. We must push past the fear. We must push past the fear. Have you ever been paralyzed with fear? I've heard people talk about how they get paralyzed with fear. They were in a situation and they just felt frozen with fear. They couldn't make their feet move. They couldn't make their voice move. They were just frozen, right? And I've always believed that that happens to people, but it's never happened to me until three weeks ago. So um, three weeks ago, I was in the North Auditorium, which is where we used to have church, over in the other building. And uh, the thing you need to know about the North Auditorium is this, there's no windows. And so when the lights are off, it gets dark, dark, like can't see your hand in front of your face. Doesn't matter if it's middle of the day or not, it's dark in there when the lights are off. The other thing you need to know is that the light switch is about 35 or so feet from the door, depending on what door you walk in. So when you first walk into the auditorium, you're gonna have to walk through some darkness to be able to get to the panel to turn on the lights, all right? The other thing you need to know about is this. I don't know why this is true, but it's absolutely true that a windowless dark room in a church is way more scary than a windowless dark room in any other building in the world ever. I don't know why that phenomenon is true, but it has always rang true with me. You're just going to have to trust me. The last thing you need to know that makes this story make sense is this. I don't do fear. I don't do scared. I, it's not that I'm a big tough guy and I don't get scared. No, I am petrified of fear. I don't like scary movies. I don't like jump out of a closet and say boo. I don't do any of that stuff. The YouTube videos where people are like hiding in a closet and they jump out and, you know, just paralyze people with fear. No, that's my worst nightmare. Like I don't do that. I don't watch them. I don't do fear. So I'm walking in the north building in the auditorium and I'm trying to make my way to the lights and I finally get to a point, I'm feeling my way, I'm just praying the whole time, Lord help me, Lord Jesus help me, Lord God be here, Lord Jesus help me. And I turn the corner and I reach out for the light switch and at that moment my eyes kind of adjusted and there is a little girl standing about yay tall looking right back at me. And I can't see her face because it's that dark and I can't see what kind of clothes she's wearing. I can't even tell what color hair she has. I can just see that she has a little bob haircut and she stands about yay tall and she's staring back at me and I'm staring at her and guys, I could not move. She was not supposed to be there. It's middle of the morning on a Tuesday. There is no reason for this little girl to be in the auditorium. And I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at, but I can tell you this, I was paralyzed. My mind told my feet to move. They would not move. My mind told my voice to speak. I could not speak. Literally, I was numb. My entire body was tingling. And then it spoke. And when it spoke, it said, hello. And I just went, ha, ha, ha. Like, literally, that's all that came out was, ha, 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 And she goes, my sister and I are waiting for my dad, and we're playing hide and seek. And I was like, oh, oh. And I finally started breathing, and it was just, it was the most terrifying experience. Her dad was helping with the food pantry, and her and her sister were killing time. By, by playing hide and seek in the North Auditorium. I was paralyzed with fear and I wish I, I could get you to understand that that is very, very real and it overtook me. There are times in our lives that fear will keep us from moving. And usually that fear will, will keep us from moving into something that's dangerous, right? You have this healthy fear saying, don't go there, that's dangerous. Don't do this, that's not good for you. Stay off of that, that's not safe. That fear is usually healthy, but it's also a fear, it's, it's a tool that the devil can use to keep you into moving into what God has for you. God says go, God says move, God says get off the dock and into the boat. But we have this fear that keeps us from what God has for us. It's in those moments where that fear is paralyzing us from something that the Father wants for us, for his will for us. It's in those times that we have to move past that fear. That day on the boat, my daughter did get in the boat, but it was partly because I kind of forced her hand and made her do it. Here's the deal, you and me, nobody's gonna make us do anything. 
Nobody's going to make us push past anything. So in those times where fear is keeping us from experiencing all God wants for us, we have to, we, we, we must force ourselves to move past that fear and to step into it. Listen to these scriptures as I wrap things up. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Trust him, and he will make your paths straight. Listen to Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I love that. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Guys, there are times in our life that fear is going to paralyze us, and we need to be brave enough. We need to be bold enough to step into that situation, to move past that fear, and to taste and see for ourselves. That's the only thing that's going to help us bridge the gap from here to here. Here's the bottom line. A life with Christ is a life that is going to ask a lot of you. And one of the things that we'll ask of you is if you really, truly believe what you think you believe. Here's my challenge for you today. Take an inventory. Think about all those things that you believe up here and ask yourself if you really believe them down here. Ask yourself if you've got evidence, if you've got proof, if you've got circumstances and situations that back it up. Think about those times in your life where you had to really, truly see if you believed what you thought you believed. Now, if there's gaps or, gaps or holes or, 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 or a separation between here and here, my challenge for you is this, have a conversation with God. Tell him. Reach out to him. God, this is what I'm struggling with. Struggling with. This is where, this is, this, these are some of my shortcomings. These are the things that I struggle to really truly believe about you and who you say you are. And when you have that honest, real conversation, God is going to use that to give you exactly what you need. He's going to speak to you through your prayer life. He's going to speak to you through reading the Bible. He's going to speak to you through other people that believe what you believe. And God will help you to start drawing a line and making sure that this and this are on the same page. That's my hope. That's my prayer. That's my challenge for you today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the privilege, the opportunity to preach your word. I pray your Holy Spirit will do what only it can do right now. And I pray for those listening, Father, that feel like their head and their heart are on two different pages. I pray that they will have a conversation with you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will do what only it can do, Father, and grow them and comfort them and speak to them, Father, so that they can mature in their walk with you, so that they can become one step closer to achieving and accomplishing everything that you would have in our lives. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I ask these things in your holy and precious Son's name. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope and pray that you'll come back next week. I pray that you have a great week, and I pray that your head and your heart will line up, And uh, because when that happens, God's going to do great things. Okay, love you. Thanks for tuning in.